Well, Brother Moore, yeah, he is in Wichita, Kansas. Him and Kyle and Mike are in school on the baby jet this week. It's their favorite thing to do. Not. Not, because every time they go up, it's like he was telling me the other day. He said, it's like you know something bad is going to happen and you still are surprised by it. It's like they're going to lose engines, they're going to, everything in the cockpit's going to black out, everything bad is going to happen, and you still are not expecting it. But it still is going to be bad. So um, they're up there, they'll be up there. So if you run out of things to pray for, just in the middle of the day, if you think about him, say, Lord, help them. Lord, help them. Because um, you want people that can fly good, flying people around and stuff. So it's a good thing. So, uh, well, today... Um, I've had this on my heart for quite some time, and there'll be something else that follows it as the Lord leads. I don't know if it'll be next week or another time, because I know over the next few months, people are starting to call, you know, Keith, we can't take this anymore. We've got to get some meetings going, you know, and so, and he is chomping at the bit, I'm telling you. He, he sits around, and it's like, it's all he can do to keep sitting there, and he's like, well, i got to go out to the airplane. And he'll just go out there and look at the airplane because he's thinking he needs to be going doing meetings. So, uh, But all this stuff is going to be gone away before long and, and we'll get where we need to be. So, But this has been on my heart for quite some time. And you know me, I'm a very practical person. And I want, if I run out of air, don't let it bother you. I'll just have to stop and take a breath. So um, a practical person. But in our society today... People are dealing with this. I'm going to say, I don't want to give numbers because I know it's way too much. Maybe even the person sitting next to you is dealing with it. Maybe your child, maybe your mother, maybe your husband, maybe your wife. I mean, it's rampant in our society. And so I'm going to get into some things today that... Believing the Lord will help us with it. You'll see where we're going. You know, Keith has been talking about Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So I'm going to talk today about walking in the spirit. And I think it'll help some of us. It's going to be really, really some natural things. It's going to be some things that, God forbid, it's a really close it's really, really close to my heart, and I believe and I'll be able to make it through without even crying through part of it. So y'all, y'all believe with me. Turn with me, would, if you would. To, well, you don't even have to turn there. You all know this. I'm just going to read it to you. John 4, 4, 1 John 4, 4. For you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Say that with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, everybody out there on the Internet or Roku or whatever, however you're watching, say that. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Now, put this up on the screen, if you would. It's John 3, 6, the English Standard Version. Do we have that? ESV, I'll give them just a minute. Yeah, good. Read that with me. That which is born 
of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Now, let me explain that to you just for 30 seconds here, and I think you'll get it. Okay, you were born of your mom in the flesh, right? Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have been born again? Therefore, you were born into the... So you are spiritual beings then. Okay? Not only were you born of the flesh, but then you became spirit. Alive to the spirit. All right? So you are spirit beings. That which is born of flesh is flesh. If you don't ever become born again, you're going to die in the flesh. It's real simple. It's not a complicated thing. If you're born of the flesh, you're flesh. If you're born of the spirit, then you become... It's called the new birth. You become born of the spirit. All right? When we get born of the Spirit, we should become more Spirit-minded. Now, we've touched on this before when I've spoken. You should focus more on spiritual things. But that does not mean that this flesh dies. This flesh will scream at you every single day about something. It, it's very, very, very loud. And the more you're aware of your flesh, the louder it gets. Okay? I think you're going to understand that even more by the time this service is over. Okay? How many of you remember the story of Peter? Let me, let me tell you a little bit of the part that I'm talking about. Okay, Matthew 26, 34. And I think you'll get exactly where I'm going. Matthew 26, 34. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that unto thee, that this night before the cock crows, you're going to what? Deny me three times. Now, did Peter believe him? Did Peter believe him? Absolutely not. And if you were to ask any person in this room that when they got saved, if they would ever mess up again and go back to alcohol, go back to drugs, go back to fornication, go back to adultery, go back to uh, stealing, go back to the world in any way, what would they tell you? No way. No way. Absolutely not. How many of you know somebody that's not in church today and has gone back to the world? Every person in here can raise your hand. We know somebody that's either drinking, doing drugs, smoking marijuana, having affairs, stealing, cheating, lying, gay, lesbian. The list goes on. Every person in this room does. That they have not lived up to what they felt that day when they got saved. We've all been there. We've all 
thought, when I got saved, I'm going to conquer the world now. That spirit rose up in you really, really, really strong. I'll never forget the day that I got saved. Man, I thought I was going to rule the earth. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I didn't do anything for days. I just wanted to talk about the Lord. That was the way that I was. How many of you were that way? I mean, you just thought you could just do anything. But then it starts to die down. Do you think that's how Peter felt? He was convinced of it. It's like this. How many of you have ever watched, let's say, one of those cooking shows? How many of you have ever watched one of those home improvement shows? You rip out your house and you can put it back together, okay? How many of you have ever watched uh, a football game? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How many of you have uh, ever come away from that thinking, oh, that's easy, I can do that, I can do that. How many of you ever started on a house project and had to call somebody to come clean up your mess? Because it wasn't quite as easy as you thought it was. How many of you tried to cook something that they made on one of them cooking shows and had to feed it to the dog or put it in the trash? Because it wasn't quite as easy as you thought it was. Are you slapping him? He was looking right at you, wasn't he? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You can slap him again. It's okay. We won't tell anybody. Put the camera on him. But it's, it's not quite as easy as they make it look, is it? They make it look so simple. And it's like football. Everybody sits there on the couch and they tell them exactly what they're doing wrong. But they've never played football in their life. I mean, I do it. I fuss at the saints constantly. Like, Drew, why did you do that? You know, and I've never played football in my life. You know, why did you do that? Because it's so easy to tell somebody else what to do if you're not doing it. Or it's so easy to watch somebody else do something when you don't really have to do it. And it's like the cooking shows. It's so easy to watch them cook it and you go buy all the ingredients and that bread just did not turn out that way. It never would even rise, much less look that way. Well, that's the way a lot of Christians are. They're real good at telling somebody else how to live their lives. But it's real difficult to get up out of the bed every day and walk that straight line themselves. It's just harder than it appears. Is it not? It is. If we'll be honest, it's harder than people pretend like it is. I'm not a pretender. I'm not. I I don't like pretending. I like helping. 
people get past stuff. I like helping people get over stuff. If we pretend, we can never get past anything. So we have to figure out how to make that bread or how to make that pasta. Or how, Have you ever seen them make that pasta? They do that little flour thing and, and, they, and they put that egg yolk in there and then they just do it all around and then they just roll it through that thing. You ever tried it? You ever tried it? How did yours turn out? Huh? Some hard, stanky stuff. It was not good. Now, some of you maybe have done bread things all your life and yours turned out okay. But if you've never done it, it ain't turning out right the first time. It ain't turning out right the second time. It takes practice. It takes doing things over and over again. And thank God we have 1 John 1, 9. Because if we mess up, we can repent and get right back up and smile again. And we can do it over and over again. Do you know why that Christians can't just walk perfectly every single day after they get saved? Rob, come up here. Edward, come up here. Jack, come up here. Let's see. Who else is big in here? Somebody real big. Stand up. Nobody's standing up. Somebody big, stand up. Dan, come on. You can do. You'll do. You're not big, but you're tough. Come on up here. Stand over here on this side. Just kind of form your little gang. They don't have their mask on, but they'll, they'll be all right. Don't breathe on each other. <laughs> kind of face me. Okay, now I, I got saved. Now, everybody knows about gangs, don't they? Everybody's heard about gangs in the world? Everybody's heard about gangs. Who doesn't know about a gang? Are y'all asleep? Now, I'm believing God to be up here and speak today. Y'all can believe God with me, right? Okay. Who doesn't know about a gang? Nobody, right? All right. The devil is like a gang leader. Okay? You get saved, and the devil is going to start sending people from his gang... To get you back. Because you ain't supposed to leave a gang. Do you understand? If you leave a gang, they'll kill you. If you leave a gang, they're going to hunt you down. Do you know that that's the way the devil is? He don't like losing his recruits. And all through earth, the earth, try to get me. Y'all can touch me. I'm not a scared. I already got over that stuff. They, this is the devil. And he's pulling to get you back every day of your life. Just like the gangs are. 
He is tagging on you every single day. Do you ever get tired of fighting the devil? You're fighting. You're pulling. I mean, you're pulling against him. You feel like this every day? Whether it's your finances, your mental health, your diet, your weight, your marriage, your kids, your sex life, your money. You're pulling against him all the time. Do you know how to quit pulling? Let go. Okay? This is the devil's turf. This is God's turf. That's the devil's turf. Now, I can get close to the devil's turf. The closer I get, he's going to send one of his cohorts. What are you doing close to my turf? Enticing you to come back. Do you know you can have this? Yeah. Do you know we'll protect you? Yeah. You know you can have this? You know if you come over here, then he sends another one. And if I don't listen to this one, he's going to say, now what about your finances? What about your health? Yeah, right. What about this? Then he'll send another one. He is sending them continuously just like gang members. And they'll get around me. But the further I get from them on my turf, they're not allowed there. Do you have ever heard of gang wars? They can't get on another gang's turf without starting a war. Now, I don't know a whole lot about gangs. I do know this. You don't want to start a gang war or all of you can end up dead. The devil doesn't want to start a gang war with God or three-quarters of his demons can end up dead. If what, what, Look right here. Y'all can be seated. Look right here at Matthew 26, 40. It says, And he comes unto his disciples... And he finds them asleep and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into what? Temptation. The spirit indeed is willing... But the flesh is weak. When you get saved, you have just left this gang. You just left this big bad gang. And what is your tendency to want to do? Go back to the familiar where you know how to get money. Where you know who's going to protect you. Where you know the familiar things. But where is your true safety? Is anybody truly safe in a gang? Do you know a gang? They'll tell you something to your face and turn around and shoot you in your back. 
And they don't show you what it's like when you're on those drugs and alcohol and, and you end up in some crack house or something like that, dead. They don't show you the true pictures of your life with them. But God, you come on His turf and you build yourself up and you keep building yourself up and those devils are afraid to come around you. You have an aura around you and you talk about, now you talk about some big angels. Your ministering spirits are so big, they put these little wimps. God says he can flick them off with his finger. He will put them to shame. But you have to stay on this turf, and the only way... Now, how do you get on and stay on this turf? By building up your spirit. Now, let's talk just a little bit about this. Look at Galatians 5. Verse 16 in the Amplified. But I say... Walk and live habitually. What does habitually mean? All the time. It doesn't mean that you can be with God today and with your former life tomorrow or this afternoon or in an hour. It means walk with God habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled by the gangs and your former life. The gangs meaning the devil. Controlled by and guided by the Spirit. Listen to the next part. Then you will, what's the next word? Certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh. Now, which side is the flesh on? Let's remind ourselves. You're here in the middle. Which side is your flesh on? The world, the gang, the devil. Now, which side do you want to satisfy and gratify? I think I need to take a break for a bit. Only half the crowd's paying attention, and I'm too tired to fool with it. Is that the way you feel sometimes? I just get too tired. He's pulling on me. I just want to... Huh? I just want to... Quit serving God. I don't see any benefits. What happens when you quit? Not only do you have one demon coming upon you, then you have two, then you have three, then you have four. Then you're just back in with the old gang. Or worse. 
What does that scripture say? This house was swept and garnished. And it's seven times worse than it was before. Okay, so let's keep reading this. It says, Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh, of the human nature, without God. Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For these are agnostic to each other, continually withstanding in conflict to each other. They are fighting each other continuously. How many can contest to that? That your spirit is continuously fighting against your flesh. So that we are not free, but we are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Keep going. But if you're guided and led by the Holy Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now, it didn't say you weren't subject to the law. It only said you weren't subject to the law if you were what? So the days that you get up not guided by the Spirit, you better go back and read that law. If you're not guided by the Spirit, then you're subject to the law. You can just turn that around the other way. But when we're guided by the Spirit, we're not subject to the law. Keep going. Now the, now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear. Now let's see what they are. Immorality. Impurity. Indecency. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. Don't raise your hand on any of these. Jealousy, anger, ill temper. And we're going to leave out that next one. Because nobody in here is selfish. I know they're not. Selfishness. Now that's a big word. Selfishness. Dissensions, divisions. Party spirit. Factions. Sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. Now, I did not write this, did I? Look in your Bible. Everybody take a minute and look in your Bible and find this. Galatians 5.21. If you're at home, look in your Bible and find this. If you don't have a Bible, ushers, get them a Bible. I want them to see this. You saw those words. Get them a Bible. Do we have one out? Do we, have, we may not have any in here because of the COVID stuff. It's all right. They can see it on the board. That's all right. Never mind. I forgot about COVID. Duh. Okay, anyway, read that next part with me. That those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, how many of you in here are saved? Did you just read that list? I think 
there's a little too much pretending going on. That we can live in the world one day and not repent and go to heaven the next day. I did not put it back up there. They don't need to see me. They need to see that verse. I did not write that. Now you can get quiet. I didn't write it, guys. My desire is everybody get free from all this crud and we actually do get to go to heaven together. We get free from all this stuff and we get to go to heaven together. That we don't let our flesh rule us so much that we come sit in church every Sunday and wear a sign that says I'm a Christian and we go to hell. And we have tapes filling our walls and we have books filling our walls and we can tell everybody else what to do and we wind up in hell. I know this is sobering. But it's not okay that we live whatever life we want to live and call ourselves a Christian. We cannot do this. I didn't write the Bible. He said, back them up. Let's read them again. Now, doing the practices of the flesh, we read right here, born of the flesh is flesh. Born of the Spirit is spirit. I asked you how many were born again. Immorality. Impurity. Indecency. Go home and look up these words if you want to. I don't have time to go over them all. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. I don't care if it's with your spouse, with your husband, your wife, your mother, your dad, your cousin, your neighbor, your boss. Jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, party spirit, uh, faction, sex, peculiar opinions, heresies, keep going. Envy, drinking, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall what? I don't care what anybody else says. This is B-I-B-L-E. It's Bible, guys, and I want you to have the very best. And if you're not getting the answers that you desire, it's not God's fault. He's not against you. But I'm not going to leave you here in this spot. You know I know better. We're going to get you up and out of there, okay? Let's get you to a good spot, all right? Let's keep going. Let's, let's read this and then we'll keep going. Galatians 6, NIV, verse 7.
Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Is somebody mocking God? A man reaps what he sows. The one, everybody thinks that's about money. Verse 8. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap, what's the word? Destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. Then he goes on to say, let us not become weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we don't give up. He knows this flesh wants you to give up. He knows the devil is pulling on you. And he encourages you. Encourages us. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going. Okay. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Now we get to the fun part. Are you ready? Let's get past all that stuff. Let's get past some of this stuff. 2 Corinthians 2.11. It says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Here's where some revelation comes in. I've said it before. The last time I spoke, I think, spiritual things are what? Spiritual things are spiritual. I'm going to read you off a list of some things. Fear, panic, rage, lying, sickness, depression, alcohol use, drug use, sex, that would include affairs, gays, lesbian, pornography, anything to do with the sexual stuff. Gambling, spending, murder, stealing, backbiting, talking about people, posting things about people. You remember the old saying, you can't soar with eagles and hang out with buzzards. Right? And you remember what Mama used to say. The Bible says it a different way. 1 Corinthians 15.33 in the Young's Literal says, Don't be led astray. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now that's not just a saying. And let me explain to you why. I'm not going to try to read all this to you, but I'm going to try to tell you the story. You can put up there. Mark 5, you all may remember it. Um, The madman of Gadara. How many of you remember that story? Raise your hand because I want to see it. I really want to see a show of hands. A lot of you don't. Let's, Let's read it. We got time. Mark 5, King James. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship... Immediately there met him a man out of the tombs, a man with a what? Now everybody say that with me. Now, not a, a quarter of the crowd. There came out of the tomb a man with what? Everybody at home say it. 
They didn't say it. Say it. Unclean spirit. Okay. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not even with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces. Neither could any man, man, tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But after he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What do I have to do with thee, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, what? Thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? How many words is that? What is thy name? Four words, right? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him away from the country. Now there were nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, you know, swine or pigs, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean, what? Spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Now let me ask you a question. What was causing this man to do what he was doing? What caused those pigs to do what they did? You ever seen a pig? Just run off a hill and kill itself? So the man became sane and the pigs became crazy. What caused it? If a pig can become crazy with a spirit... I learned a few things the hard way. Let me explain this next one to you, and then I'm going to get into it. How many of you remember the story of Jesus being caught? Uh, Jesus, the people bringing the woman that was caught in the act of the adultery to Jesus? Let's just read it. There's nothing more important than the Bible. John 8, King James, verse 3. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, 
This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And this said, and this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus did what? He stooped down with his finger and wrote in the ground, as though he heard them not. So they continued asking him, and he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convinced in their own conscience, went out, being convicted in their own conscience, went out one by one, being at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman was standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, where are your accusers? Hath no, hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. The Lord showed me something about this just yesterday, but about this situation years ago. Dave and I used to do a whole lot of counseling. We used to counsel with people. If they called and they needed counseling, we counseled. And I remember one particular time, there was this one lady. She was having an affair, and she was about to divorce her husband, and it was bad. We talked to her. We let her tell the whole story for three hours. She spilled her guts to us about the whole thing. What had happened and how bad her husband was. We were young. We had just started pastoring. We didn't know any better. She spilled her guts about the whole thing. And I left there. And I had something I didn't have before I started that counseling session. I think I even told Keith about it. I thought, don't let me get around a bunch of people the next few days. I don't feel good about myself right now. And that spirit, flirtiness, problems. But I was wiser than most. I didn't get around people. I didn't do anything. This was right after we started the church, I think. I don't think we, as a generation, understand spiritual things enough. I don't think we understand this turf and this turf. I don't think that we understand that we cannot go back to this turf and think that we're strong enough to resist those spirits that are there. We don't have to resist the people. There are spirits involved in things. Every time you go into a place, there are spirits. 
whether it's a spirit of fear. I've had staff that other staff have a spirit of fear. And I kid you not, that spirit of fear will get into that other staff. And you can't get it out of them no matter how much talking you do, no matter how much they've yielded to it. Spirits of depression. I, this is where I said I, I, I would try not to cry. Hanging around places. I know. I just lost my niece not too long ago. And I know. I know as well as I know my name. She went back to a place that had a spirit of depression. And she's gone. She didn't know enough about it. And it got off on her. Spirits of drinking. It's not inherited from your generations to generation. It's a spirit that's looking for the next person to get on. If your father dies and he had a spirit of alcohol harassing him all the time, just like these Guys were representing spirits. Come up here, Rob. Come back up here, guys. We're not done. Let's read this list again. Fear, panic, alcohol, marijuana, drinking, I may have gotten away from all these things. But I go into a place where somebody's doing their best to get free of this spirit. They may just be saying it under their voice. They may be going to AA. They may be doing their best to get rid of this spirit. And you may be thinking, I may want to try that. Your mind may be open to to trying that. Your heart may have seen it on TV. Your friends may be trying that. Then what does this spirit do? He grabs me by the hand and starts going with me. And he starts following me around. And he starts saying, have a drink. Just keep saying it. Just one. One more. It's been a long time. You're strong enough. You can make it. One won't hurt you. You can handle it. You've been away from that for a long time. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're friends. <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> Nobody. Just you and me. <laughs> It'll make you feel better. You've been yeah. going through some stuff. Yeah. It's going to make you feel better. You deserve it. You're tired. Just one will be a good pick-me-up for you. Who's going to know? You're in your house all by yourself. Go way over there and get you one. Who's going to know? 
Who's going to know? Who's going to see you? Who's going to know? You've got no this church. You see where we are? You see where you are? And you start drinking. So you got this one. Keep hanging on. Uh-huh. Then a little drink. Didn't give you the highs anymore that you wanted. So now the new thing is what? Marijuana. Come on, marijuana. We'll let you be marijuana. <laughs> Let's try it. It'll make you feel better. You're hurting anyway. A little marijuana won't hurt you. It'll make you make you relax. Yeah, you're tensed up. You got a little anxiety. It'll help you to relax. It'll calm you down. And you have that pain anyway. They said it could be cancer. That's probably what it is. Cancer. It'll help you relax. Oh, are those prescription pills? You can they they they're not doing what they used to do. You need to take double. Take double. Come on, prescription pills. Come on. Grab hold. They're following you everywhere you go. Even when you're in church. You see, we went over here to the church side. Uh huh. Uh huh. Did you see we were in church? Uh huh. You did it right before you came to church. But you end up staying over here more and more. And more and more. So then you get a little depressed because you're embarrassed. Get a little embarrassed. And you don't want to get around the people that you used to get around. They're going to notice. So you stay on this side now. And you pull away from everybody that you knew. Because they might notice. And they might see. And you start backing up into a corner. And hanging out in different places. Don't even want to come back to church anymore because somebody might notice. When it's the very place that you need to break free and go. And if somebody says something to you about it, I may just take them and just slap them upside the head. Because it's the only place that you're going to get free. It's the only place that you're going to get fed up enough that you can begin to break these chains. That's where sinners need to go is to church. They don't need to hide out in their house. They don't need to hide in the corner. So you went to the bar last night. Get up and come to church today. So you did a little marijuana when you got out of bed this morning. Somebody may smell it. Well, good. Maybe they'll under their breath pray for you that you can get free of that. But if they say something, I may kick them in the tush. Because we are supposed to be people that build people up, not tear them down. So somebody's doing something wrong sexually, or somebody may be gay, or somebody may be lesbian, or somebody may be acting funny. And they want to change. Well, I'm going to give you some information on how to change. Let's get there. Let's get there. Let's get there. But what you do need to not do is what I was trying to get at. Is you don't need to sit and counsel with people about their problems. And you don't need to go where those spirits are. Do you understand me? Did you see what Jesus did? He didn't ask her, woman, how'd you get into adultery? Where's the man you were with? He didn't even talk to her about the problem. He didn't even bring it up. He didn't have a conversation with her about it. He just said what? Go and sin 
no more. You can't fix them. You can't counsel them out of their problem. They have to want to get free of that problem. And until they want to get free of that problem, all your talking ain't going to fix them. We had to figure that out. We sat down after that and looked at all of our counseling reports, and not one of those people changed. Because we decided if they're not going to get it after Keith stands up here hour after hour after hour and gives them scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture and the Lord deals with them all day long when they're going to get that beer, don't go get that. Don't go get that. Don't go sleep with them. Don't do that. The whole time the Lord's telling them, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And they ain't listening to Him. What halo have I got over my head? Find me the word counseling in the Bible. That's it. There's one counselor, the Holy Spirit. Not that we don't love people. We do. And if we can help them, we will. This is the way I help you. Get your butt out of there. Quit doing that. You know the Lord. He loves you. He's got better for you than they do. Okay, let's, let's do this. Because I said, I told Rob I was going to let you all out of here early. If it's one minute before 12, it'll be early. Okay, Genesis 30. This is the NIV. Okay, Genesis 30, verse 25. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me wives and children for whom I have served you, and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. And Laban said to him, If I found favor in your eyes, please stay. I've learned through divination, bad word, that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Did you know the Lord will bless who you work for just because of you? He added, Name your wages and I will pay them. And Jacob said, unto him, you know, I have worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before has come, has increased greatly and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now when may I do, uh, but now may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you? He asked, do not give me anything, Jacob replied, but if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. He didn't want it said that Laban gave him anything. He wanted to earn it. So he says this. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled and spotted sheep, every dark-colored lamb, every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages. And my honesty will testify for me in the future whenever you check on the wages that you have paid me. Any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark colored 
will be my consider will be considered stolen. And Laban agreed, we'll go on. And the same day Laban removed all the streaked and speckled and spotted female goats, dark colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three day journey between them. Verse 37. This is what I want you to see. And I want you to get it. And I want you to stand on it. And I want you to believe it. I don't care how bad you have gotten addicted to something. I don't care how bad your life has become. I don't become. I don't care how bad your marriage has become. I don't care how many drugs you've been on. I don't care how much sex you've been involved with. I don't care if you've decided you're uh, gay, lesbian. I don't care any of those things. If you want your life fixed, if you want it fixed, that's the only way it'll work. If you want it fixed, I'm going to give you the answer. If you want it fixed. If you want it fixed. Say if. if. No counseling will fix it. No other person will fix it. But you can fix it. Okay? All right. Jacob took fresh cut branches of popular, poplar, almond, and plain trees and made white stripes on them, peeled back the bark and exposed the inner wood, the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of these branches and they bore young that were streaked and speckled and spotted. Now that may not make sense to you, but Jacob set apart the young flock by themselves and he made the rest face the streaked dark animals, uh, the dark colored animals that belonged to Laban. He separated from the flocks and he did not put them with Laban's animals. However, the stronger females that were in heat Jacob would, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals and they would mate, looking at these branches, and the animals that were weak, he would take the branches out. So let's get a picture of it. These animals that are real strong are coming to this trough and they're standing there drinking and looking at these speckled and striped and spotted rods. And they're seeing that continuously. And what is happening to them? They are becoming what they see. Say it with me. They are becoming what they see. That's what we have a nation of now. People are becoming what they see. We have a nation of people becoming what they see. So you need to do whatever it takes 
to not see what's causing you the problem. If you've got to pitch your TV out in the yard, if you've got to not go to that place of work anymore, find you another job. If, the, if you're having an affair with somebody at work, go get another job. If you're driving past a liquor store and you have a problem with alcohol, move. Because we read at the very front of the service, people that are doing these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I would hate to think that any person under the sound of my voice that got up and made yourself get dressed and fixed that nappy head of yours wouldn't go to heaven. That you, here's the bad part. Let me tell you the bad part. If you're going to serve the devil, serve him with fervor because you're going to hell anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't miss out because you're going to drink and run around and carouse around. We do have 1 John 1, 9. But if you live in the Spirit, you are not continually doing that. It's not a lifestyle. You make a mistake, you repent, and you go on. But you don't do it every single day. Let me show you some pictures I got. Y'all got them? They're supposed to have them. I told Debbie to have them. See if they can get them while I'm talking. Anyway. Anyway. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 15, till Tom tells me they have them. In the Amplified. We'll come back to that. In the Amplified. 6, 15. Do you not know that your bodies, once you're the spirit ones, are members of Christ? I am therefore to take the members of Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them the part of a prostitute? Certainly not. Do you not know that the one who joins himself with a prostitute is one body with her? For he who says the two shall be one flesh, but the one who's also joined with the Lord is what? And this is where I think people miss it. The one who's united with the Lord becomes one spirit with who? The Lord. And here's what you need to remember. I know I'm supposed to have on a mask, so I'll turn this way. Say this 
beautiful lady here wants to go have an affair. She wants to drink. She wants to get depressed. She thinks nobody sees her. Guess what? She's one spirit closer than a husband and wife. The Lord is not only with her. Guess where he is? He's not leaving you. You're not hiding what you're doing from him. So why quit him? Why think that you're going to build a wall between you and him like he doesn't know what's been going on? Like he doesn't know that you went and had that beer. Or he doesn't know that you were smoking that joint. Or he doesn't know you were having that affair. Or he doesn't know that you got depressed. Or he doesn't know you've been taking 16,000 prescription drugs that you don't need. Some people need prescription drugs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about that. I think you know what I'm talking about. The Lord knows what we're doing. And it's real easy to judge, like we said, on the cooking and the cleaning and all the other things. than it is to do. The only way that we can do is to put this Word in us. Live in it. Let's go back over that one verse in Galatians 5, 16. I say in the Amplified, live habitually in the Spirit. Controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh. That's how we do it. I want to see people overcoming these things. I want to see people that get victorious in the areas that they've been falling in. Whether it's fear, whether it's lying, whether it's stealing, whether it's gossiping, whether it's whatever area it is that you've been having trouble in. The way that you overcome it is you stay off the devil's turf. And you get on God's turf. And you don't just do it by hearing one sermon a week. You do it when the Lord tells you, don't go there. There's spirits there. Don't watch that. There's spirits in that you do not need to see. Don't talk to them. There's spirits you don't need to be involved with with that. And you all have the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you. He's going to lead you. We don't need to counsel people. We don't need to talk to people when we don't need to do it. Can you say amen? amen. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Father God, every head bowed and every eye closed. I know this was a little bit sobering today. But I know how easy it is to yield to spirits, whether it's spirits of sickness. I know that there's people in here that have been getting on the Internet and just studying sicknesses. That's opening the door... I can't sit down just a minute. I can't do this. Grab me, Dan, Rob, two of those screens. We're not quite done.
we're not going to be finished before Keith. Y'all don't tell him. I know we're ready to go, but I got to do this. This is too important. People's lives are going down the drain with this stuff. And they think they can handle it. It's just like what Dan was saying. One won't hurt you. One TV show rated M.A. won't hurt you. One TV show rated R won't hurt you. One drink won't hurt you. Yeah, put them together as tight as you can. Together, just like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, put them kind of like this. There we go. And I'm going to go stand and the, put these two together right here. Okay, just stand over there because so, y'all have to help me. I can't strain on them. Um, do you see a crack in here? Pretend like you don't. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? This is your life with the Lord when you're close to the Lord. Can y'all see it? Put it on the screen. If you have to. No crack here, right? The devil's not getting in. Stand behind there, Dan. Pretend like you can't get in. See what I'm saying? He says he builds a hedge around us. And he protects us. Okay? When we're built up with him, we're getting fed, we're getting the word. Nothing's getting in. We do things that we know is not right. We don't repent. We don't get right with him again. It pulls open just that much. N not even that much. Just this little bitty crack. Just a little bitty crack. Just a little bitty crack. We think, no big deal. I'll get it right later. You're laughing, but it's true, is it not? No big deal. I'll fix it later. It's not a big deal. I'll fix it later. But look at that. No big deal. Me and the Lord will get it right later. No big deal. Me and my husband had a big blowout, but we'll get it right later. No big deal. I don't have to take any responsibility. It's just as much his fault. I'm depressed. I'll yield to it just a little bit. But then what happens? I'll drink that, I'll take this, I'll eat this, I'll go there, I'll watch that. Look at, look at what's happening. That ugly head. That ugly head starts sticking through. And you start paying a little bit more attention to it. And giving it more time giving it more credence, then before you know it, you're just right up against it, paying attention to it all the time. But all it starts with, and all he needs you to give him, is just a little bitty crack. That's why we've got to back up out of here. All we've got to do is immediately, immediately, 
cut off anything. We don't have to be some spiritual giants. We don't have to read the Word 24-7. We don't have to stay in church 24-7. But we do have to follow what we get in our hearts. We do have to follow when the Lord says, don't. Don't watch that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do that. Apologize to them. Fix this. Fix that. Repent. That's all you have to do to close that gap back up. If it opens just a little bit, you fix it immediately. And that gap is closed. I repent. I apologize. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that that way. I did to my sister yesterday. I told her, I said, don't do that ever again. You, you can afford that. Don't do that anymore. And then I apologized. I said, that's none of my business. You're a big girl. You know how to be led. She said, no, I know what you meant. It was okay. But it bothered me. Even just that little thing. It bothered me. And I fixed it. I don't like cracks. Do you understand? I don't like them. Because I don't want to give the devil, the Bible says, a foothold. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give him a foothold. Because once he gets that foot in, what's happening? Dan, get your foot through there. Once he gets that foot in, what happens? That whole body's coming in. Okay? So, now, let's stand up. Y'all can move those. Just set them over to the side if you want to. And let's... Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, you know my heart today. I do not desire to condemn anyone. My desire is that people see an exit sign. They see a way out of escape. They see a way to get their lives back and on track. They see hope. They see light. That they can have back what you desire for them to have. I ask you, Father, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that's given the devil an inch, a foothold, a body width, if they've even gotten completely on his turf, I ask you, to show them how to take that step back in the right direction. Show them that they've got to get that before them again. Get your word before them. Jude says in Jude 20, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That they'll take the time to pray and look to you, Lord. That you are the strengthener. That greater is he that's in them than he that is in this world. And if they will just look to you, they can come up and break free of this. With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, keep the camera directly on me, please. If you know you've given the devil an inch, if you know you've given the devil a foot, if you know... You've gotten on the devil's turf. 
just put your hand up in front of your body, not up high for anybody to see, or a finger or something to give the Lord something to work with. I mean, high if you want to. If you're not ashamed, say, I'm going back. I'm getting on, the de- I'm getting on God's side again. Just put your... Uh, just, it's just between you and the Lord. It, I don't have to see it. I just want you to know that you've got something to start going back in that direction. We want to take back. We want to inherit the kingdom of God. We want to go to heaven. We're going there. I say, Satan, say it with me. Satan, Satan. you're bound. bound. You no longer longer. have any control of my life. life. Father God, God, I give you you full and complete control control. again Again. from this day forward forward. in Jesus' name. name. Now raise your hands and thank him. Thank you, 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 thank you.